This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Sunday, September 17th. And folks, we are in the middle of a nightmare. The Cubs are swept in Arizona. They lose their fifth game of the week uh, and their fifth in a row. Uh, they go one and five on this west uh, western trip to Colorado and Arizona. West Coast trip. And they now find themselves tied with the Marlins for the third and final wild card spot. But because Miami owns the tiebreaker, for all intents and purposes, somehow the Cubs find themselves out of a playoff spot, Brendan. What I, just happened? You know, I I don't know, man. Like, I can already anticipate stretches like these turning into, you know, like a blame fest. Like, oh, you know, Ross's lineup decisions. Oh, the bullpen's gassed. Oh, the lineup is at fault. Oh, Ian Happ should not have been batting third and finally got moved to leadoff spot. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just don't want to do that. This team has significant holes. We know this. At this point, anything can happen in the next like two weeks. We knew this was always a possibility. We talked about yep. this, Corey, for like 10 months, what this team needed to improve upon. And they're losing games because they have a lack of pop. They're losing games because they can't get strikeouts. They're losing extra inning contests because blue pits and weird shoe uh, comebackers to the pitcher is going off and Dansby can't field a ground ball because of it. Like this was never something that you and I did not anticipate. So I don't want to talk about David Ross's decisions, although, yeah, it can be frustrated at them. I don't want to talk about, man, you know, in the last five games, they don't think they have energy. I don't want to do that. Like this team has holes. I hope they get beyond it, but I'm just frustrated. I'm legitimately, genuinely frustrated. I am not enjoying watching this team play, and I wish we had better guys to to attenuate some of these problems we're seeing. Yeah, I think you know a lot of this was somewhat predictable in terms of how it's happening, right? Like, and again, as many people have said, like you can kind of parse out for yourself: Are you? happy that they're playing competitive baseball with these two weeks to go? Are you frustrated that they are, you know, letting a, a really solid playoff spot chance that they had? Like I said, I think at the beginning of September, I think they were at like a 90-something percent chance to make yeah. the playoffs just in like terms of where everything ago. was. Yeah. It, you can feel however you want. What's frustrating for me is, Again, we knew this team wasn't perfect. We knew that this team was not built, even after the trade deadline, to compete with the Braves and stuff like that. Like, they are who we thought they were for most of this year. But what's frustrating, Brendan, is how this week played out, I think, for me, right? Like, you, every game, this entire week, we're facing a starting pitcher with an ERA, I think, at least north of four and a half. Most of the time, it was north of five or six, and they did nothing offensively. Guys, they scored zero runs off of Zach Davies. I said this when we did the show on Friday as a joke, like they're not going to score because we all watch Zach Davies, suck for the Cubs, so of course they're not going to be able to hit him. I was kidding. I, I was really kidding, right? But they, zero. They it's put zero fault. runs by the time Zach Davies left the game. I think he left base runners on or whatever. But while he was on the mound, zero Cubs crossed the plate. That's what we just watched. And what's even more frustrating, I think, is that 
you went, you you couldn't take care of business against the Diamondbacks, right? So this is a team that has now jumped you in these standings. You lost three or four to them at Wrigley Field, and then you just got swept by them in Arizona. And this is all in the last couple of weeks. So I think that's where the real frustration sets in for me, Brendan, is like, I don't look at this team and think, oh, they're, you know, a juggernaut. How could this happen? This is the best roster, all this other stuff. But at the same time, like, they're, they were, they're right there, Brendan. There's two weeks left. Coming into this weekend, they had a, a, even still a solid hold on that second wild card spot, and it's just slipping away from them. Whether it, it is understandable or predictable or not, the way that it has played out up until this point is incredibly frustrating. They're, they're gas. The bullpen's gas. The lineup looks a shell of itself from what we saw four weeks ago. You know, I don't know. Like, you can overanalyze this. We had some comments saying, you know, oh, you know, they can get back. I know Vinod Schultz said this. Oh, it's just going to get back to the mean. Like, the stuff doesn't matter anymore. There's 10 games left. There's no such thing as reverting back to a mean in, like, 10 games. The mean in these types of contexts take hundreds of games. This is this is what this team is. And to your point earlier, Corey, yeah, I'm frustrated about the, about the, the last week. But I told this to you when we were just, you know, chatting away. If you zoom out of this window, let's say you go back two years in the future, right? And you look back at this at this time window, as we do for like 2018, 2017. Go on baseball reference, you start scrolling across those games. You can go across certain windows, like, oh man, you know, they lost six in a row, seven in a row. Oh man, they were 10 games below 500. Oh man, you know, in September they lost those two series to the D-backs. And then you start looking down the, the, the lineup at the time, the guys on their roster, and you start thinking, man, how did they go into that year assuming it would be sufficient to have Ian Happ as your consistent three-hole hitter? Good hitter, solid player, deserves the $60 million that he got, but in a big market team, on a playoff contender, $60 million hitters do not bat third for your team, right? And you start looking down, it's like, wow, you know, how did they go into September thinking that Alzali, who's had significant biceps injuries, injuries throughout his entire career, would last? Great. Love Alzali, right? We still have to predict there's a possibility he can't get through September. Then he start thinking, man, what about Leiter? What about Merriweather? What about Fulmer having some of these injuries and developing a new sweeper? These things, to me, are what possibly may tank the season, even though there's still you know, a dozen or so games left. But the reason they're losing games is not simply because, I know you're going to get frustrated with me saying this, not simply because they couldn't hit these five-plus ERA pitchers. Yeah, it's a problem. But when you amplify the possibility of that happening by having these certain guys and these certain lineup constructions and these rosters uh, designed, this is what happens. Dude, I should not, you and I should not be talking about, does it make sense for Morel to bat third or Ian Happ to bat third? It should make more sense to be like, okay, against this lineup, should Ian have bat six? Or should Christopher Morrell get playing time today? It should not be like this. And I can't, we'll talk about it later in this episode perhaps, but I can't like, I can't watch Nick Magical take out bats at third base anymore. I can't mentally do this. I cannot watch these guys get opportunities in these situations that typically prompt dozens to hundreds millions of dollars in contracts. I can't keep doing this. 
Yeah, so uh, this is uh, this is going to be an off the cuff kind of episode. Uh, normally, I think you know Brendan and I lay out a pretty clear template, and you know we have uh, I don't know Jameson Tyone's cutter to discuss with Brendan's. Graphs. You want some graphs? I'll make some no, graphs right now. No, no, okay. This no is graphs. just like okay. reacting to what just happened. There's two weeks left. It's you know it's still right there, but it does feel like at least one of the wheels, maybe a few of them, have fallen completely off of the bus. Uh, I do want to read a couple of uh, Super Chats that we do have. Uh, Joey Smith, appreciate that, Joey, very much. I'm in Texas, surrounded by happy Cowboys, Rangers, and Astros fans. The podcasts are the only places where I can be miserable with people who understand. Thanks no, for being consistent. you came to the right place. I'm the most Content miserable human being in the world. Content being depressing. Absolutely. Oh, We're yeah. always here. CHGO Cubs team is always here. Appreciate that, Joey. And Fernando says, fire Ross for this three weeks collapse. No excuse. The Ross discussion, I think you'll have to have a full one at the end of the year, right? Like you got to see what happens here and you're going to have to reevaluate the entire thing. I, I think it, there's there's still time left. They could, they, they're tied for a playoff spot. They don't own the tiebreaker, but like I can't like write it off with two weeks left. They're coming home. I, I'm going to be at Wrigley Field and I'm going to support them and try to hope that they can find a way out of this, dig up and, you know, try to make the playoffs, right? But in terms of like some of the stuff that you said, Brendan, um, I think you know th- there's a lot there's a lot at play here. Ron in the chat pointed out they did into, hit into some bad luck this week. I know people don't want to hear that, but there were a few games where they did hit the ball pretty well, uh, despite not scoring enough on these starters. So, but that's you know it's one of the things that happens, right? It's baseball. Like that that's going to happen. You're going to lose games where you feel like you had good swings and things like that. I mean, I think the Ian Happ double play last night, like I think that was a relatively hard hit ball. Of course, the first baseman's right there. Wisdom's in the middle of first and second. So it's a double play, right? Like it happens. You know, that Jan Gomes ball in the gap that uh, the center fielder ran down, Homer in 12 parks, 500 expected batting average, 103 miles an hour off the bat, lazy fly up, you know, too bad you're playing in Arizona, right? In terms of the team being gassed, you know, I, I see the comment a lot where people say uh, every team is gassed. Every team is running on fumes at the end of 162. That's true. This team isn't as talented as those teams. That's that's the long and short of it. Um, the Braves, the Dodgers, these other teams have more depth. They have more ability to survive this. And when you look at this, that's where I say it's a tough thing for me to balance. I'm curious how everybody feels about this. Everyone's going to feel differently, but... For me, you know, you went into the year with measured expectations, right? From every level. I think the fans, the front office ownership, it was kind of clear what was going on here. They were hoping to be competitive, be better than last year, and make progress towards that next great Cubs team. But everybody knew that this was not it, right? It wasn't really ever supposed to be. But then you get to this point, Brendan, and you pay a price for that, right? As Theo Epstein always used to say, every chance to win is precious, right? Every opportunity to win and get into the playoffs and have an opportunity to compete for a World Series championship is precious. And when you made minor additions at the deadline to buy, they were not enough to weather this storm. Unfortunately, Jamer has had the injury, and he wasn't great even before he hit the injured list. Uh, but that was your big offensive change, and you know now he's been hurt. And again, he wasn't great before that. You made one addition to a you know, kind of cobbled together bullpen, which was Jose Quas, who was a project, right? 
like not even a surefire settled reliever. And so I guess what I'm saying is, is that ultimately it was okay, even if it wasn't necessarily what all of us wanted to come into the season and say, you know what, we just want to compete, have a better season than last year, not be like, you know, staring at a hundred losses and continue that progress in a linear way and get better and really earnestly compete for one of those playoff spots. The problem is, is that they were doing that, but they weren't built for much more than that. And so now it's rearing its ugly head where you're seeing these guys are worn down. David Ross opted to use a lot of the same lineups, which again is something that we're probably going to debate for the next couple weeks and into the off season, whether that was the right decision or not. But some of these guys look gassed. I I know people don't want to hear that. And they're going to say, oh, you know, everybody's playing the same amount of games. Everybody has the same trials and tribulations. This team isn't built to withstand it. It, They're not built to withstand it. Dansby had a mess of a weekend, Uh, uncharacteristic, uh, you know, even in the field, but the 0 for 6 on Saturday, he looks like a guy. I admire his desire to be the Iron Man, right? And play all the time, but he looks like a guy that could have used a day off or two, right? And you see that with some of these other guys. You're seeing the wear and tear on some of those guys in the bullpen. They're just not built to withstand that. And I know you, you know, we've had arguments about, uh, you know, what they should have done at the deadline and that they weren't aggressive enough and stuff like that, but it, it's rearing its ugly head. This roster just doesn't have the depth to weather a storm like this. We'll see if they can get through these next couple weeks and find their way in. But you're you're seeing a lot of the ramifications of stuff that, you know, has kind of always been the case when we started yeah. this season. And it's always something that I think when you and I envisioned this team losing, it would look like this. This is how I envisioned losses would go. It would be power outages and lack of strikeouts from the pitching. And we saw that all for the past week. We saw that all throughout Arizona. Even though in extra innings in the second game on Saturday, you get that one-run lead. I get the ghost runner on second base, but you leave yourself susceptible to nonsense because you have Drew Smiley in there. You have Marcus Stroman, Hayden Wisniewski. And that's unfortunately a combination of bad luck with injuries and two, not having the, the development of certain guys whom you can trust. So I, I, I get that, and it's unfortunate, but still on the other side in Arizona, and they're a dugout in their bullpen, they get guys who are whiffing Cubs batters. Dansby struck out three times on Saturday, and then taking a more zoomed-out look, lineup construction be damned, you know, days off be damned. They have not been good enough as a group. Over the last 100 plate appearances, from these guys, it's been really bad. Dansby's Woba yeah. in his last 100 plate appearances is under 280. Mike Talkman in about 80 plate appearances, about 250. Miguel Amaya in sparing playing time, 255. Nick Madrigal, who, quite honestly, Corey, I get, I first off, I commend the defensive effort. I really do. This has to be the end of Nick Madrigal playing third oh, base for this yeah. team. And Patrick year. Wisdom, for what it's worth. Sure, fine. Yeah. Nick Madrigal's bat at third base, Corey, is the worst bat I've ever seen in a Chicago Cubs uniform. I cannot, I cannot do this anymore. I get it. Good attitude, defense, commendable. I get it. I can't do it. It is eating me up. These at-bats are killing me. His weighted on base average in his last 90 plate appearances is like 230. 
Dude, that's like, I have more faith, I swear to God, in John Lester putting the ball in the outfield than Nick Madrigal well, does. I mean, <laughs> Don't get duh. that far ahead? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, oh, I mean, duh. Duh. Yeah. 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 But then this going, it's not just those guys, though. Like, even Jan Gomes in clutch appearances, I know the strikeout rate is so much lower with men on base, the WRC plus in runner scoring positions is like 150 plus. But in his last 75 plate appearances, Woba under 280. Cody Bellinger's been great. The main reason why we're even in this race. But even he himself, in his past 100 plate appearances, is not producing the type of 400 Woba that we saw. And this lineup needs an anchor like that. And when he falls off just a little bit, despite being still above league average, it's not good enough for this team. So yeah. you can move these guys around. You can put Ian Happ in the leadoff spot. You can put Morrell back at third. You can put Morrell back at ninth for all I care. When you don't get the middle of the order consistently producing, this is this is what's possible yeah. to happen. And actually, it's what's likely to happen. And you're well, seeing and I think, the likely outcome. Yeah, I think what was very indicative of you know where this offense is at is extra innings on Saturday. The only runs they were able to bring across the plate were the free ones. They weren't able to generate a single run. They played 13 innings of baseball, and in all those extra innings, they were not able to bring an actual run across the plate, and at least one of those free runs scored on a double play. Like, they're not even getting hits or situationally hitting. They're literally just getting a free run. They could not bring anything across. And yeah, like you said, it was always possible. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things where, again, it's kind of that fine balance of like, yeah, some of this was predictable, but you were here. You were in the moment. You were holding on to a playoff spot by a pretty significant margin at certain points uh, over the Diamondbacks, over all these teams. And, you know, one way or the other, you blew it. I, I know people in the chat, I saw it in the chat talking about, you know, this team did come back from being 10 under. They get a ton sure. of credit for that. And as we talked about, I, I remember talking about it with our guy Ryan Herrera uh, the other day, like in the off season, however this plays out, right? Like whether they get it together and make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, whatever it is, like you'll be able to see the forest for the trees and like really <laughs> evaluate the season so. and kind of like say, okay, here's how I feel about everything. Uh, but you, you do give them a ton of credit for the way that they rebounded from that and avoided selling at the deadline and all of that. But, you know, ultimately, like for me, it's hard to, I think, kind of brush off if they do not manage to finish this off, right, in these last 12 games or whatever it is, mm. you didn't sell at the deadline. You bought at the deadline. You didn't trade significant assets, but you also didn't get anything for any of these guys. You don't have Cody Bellinger under contract next year. You might not have Marcus Stroman under contact, contract next year if he decides to opt out. You don't have Jamer Candelario, right? And so you, you kind of have to pay this off, right? Like, and even if that's just a playoffs experience and they get bounced right away, like, you went for it, even if you didn't push all your chips in, which I, I agreed with, but like you, you didn't sell, you bought. Like if you end up not making it, whether they were resilient enough to put themselves in that position or not, like you got to pay that off. Like that was yeah. the decision they made. That was the decision that we read that piece, I think in The Athletic, that Dansby Swanson pushed for. He demanded that this team try to win and go for it and let the team stay together. You got to pay it off. They've got two weeks to pay it off. And as people in the chat are saying, like, if you want to write it off, if you think they're done, if you think the ship has sunk, 
all the power to you. As Luke always says, you can cub however you want to cub. Like I said, I'm going to be there on Tuesday night. They are absolutely, they technically hold a playoff spot, right? Even if technically they don't. But like they're <laughs> they're in it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be rooting for them and cheering them on until the very finish, however this goes, and we'll have an entire offseason, whether they are a playoff team or not, to break it all down. Uh, let me read a couple of the Super Chats, and then we're going to have our first ad break. As I said on, on Twitter and when we kind of started, we we are reading the chat. We're trying to get to as much as we can, but like, let, let me hear it, right? Let's hear what you're thinking. This is a very interesting and weird spot that the Cubs are in. Sort of holding a playoff spot, but everybody kind of, you know, we feel like that dog in the meme with the fire around him, right? Like where it's like, no, this is fine. Like, and the building no, I, is on I fire. I wish I were that dog, like right. lighting myself on fire right now. So, but I want to hear it. Like, tell me what you think. Tell me how you're feeling. Like, let's hear it. So a couple super chats, uh, another one from Joey Smith. We appreciate that a lot. On the bright side, at least St. Louis sucks. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. FTC, as always. Um, yeah, no question about that. The Duke eight eleven says first the Bears you, now Duke. the Cubs is this hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, no, this us. is Iowa. Uh, <laughs> yes, no. I think it's I, it might be hell. Uh, and another super chat from Saul. Uh, no comment. But if you do have a comment, uh, drop it in the chat, Saul. We do appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, that's that is uh, that is what we have. Uh, again, we're gonna hit our first ad break here. We will be back and. Kind of just uh, breaking it down. Uh, as Calypso's Chaos says in the chat, uh, he says that his friend says he's in the denial stage of grief. We're all in a different stage of wherever this is at. Uh, but I do see plenty in the chat that are like, nah, it's not over yet. They're going to make the playoffs. They got it. Relax. Everybody, yeah. I'm not we'll a see. very relaxing person. No, you're not. So. Well, and you, you went to some of these games, so I don't blame I'm, I'm, you. I'm so miserable right now. Yeah, so I, yeah. so miserable. I get it. All right, let me uh, hit this ad break here. We do have Saul who did drop in that super ah. chat. He said, uh, "Quote: These guys aren't hitting, not on lineup or Ross." Honestly, I kind of fall with you, Saul. Like I'm gonna be annoyed at everything, but I'm kind of like you. Like everyone, you know, these guys need to hit. They can bat third. They can bat cleanup. If they're not hitting, then you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, especially this week, we've seen too so much like just failing to get runners in from third base. I, mean, like, it's awful I don't baseball. care. Yeah, awful I, I don't baseball. care where anybody's hitting in the lineup. Like I have my you know things that I don't like that I do like. Um, I do like that they finally are hitting half in the leadoff. I'll say that, uh, but it doesn't matter. Like some of this is, it has nothing to do with that. It's not a sequencing thing. It's them. They, 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 they need to just be better. I know that sounds like simple, but be better. Yeah. Be better. Uh, one more from Joey Smith before you do this ad break. I refuse to lose hope. We wanted meaningful baseball and we got it. I'll be there through my TV through for the rest of the season. Cubs in four. Every, right, chats all over the place. I mean, we've got, you know, fire the whole organization. This team is cooked <laughs> to, nope, we're going to the playoffs. I love it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's we'll why see. we're all here on a Sunday night talking about the Chicago Cubs sure. after they just got swept. All right, let's do this ad break here. First of which is from Fubo. Over 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. With Fubo TV, you can stream live TV from any device. You can watch all of your Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can start watching immediately with a free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. Over 1,000 hours of cloud DVR is included at no extra charge. And you can watch 
your local teams as you travel. You have an exciting week of college football coming up. Unfortunately, as many of you are well aware, the Bears did lose again, but they're playing up here soon. You can watch the Bears on Fubo. You have the Ryder Cup coming up, and you can get right now 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Go to www.fubotv.com slash C-H-G-O. Again, you will get 15% off your first month. Another break here from our sponsor, Circle K. I have been so excited to partner with Circle K with CHGO. I go to Circle K all the time. Uh, it's a nice little pick-me-up. Let's say on my ride home from work, there is, with where I live, about three to four Circle Ks within a 15 to 20-mile radius. That's the place to be for coffee, beer, snack selection, and premium gas. Look out for freebies and giveaways down the road. Thanks to Circle K for sponsoring CHGO. And visit your nearest Circle K to pick up all your favorite finds. Brendan, if you go into a Circle K and you're grabbing one drink for like a road trip, there is a correct answer. What are you grabbing? Well, now you're putting me on the spot. No, because you should know. You're in there. You got to get back in the car quick. Go. Come on. We got Cubs to talk about. I don't know. I get like a, I'm like a yellow Gatorade person. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) This is why I never tell you what I like because you just. And the answer is the cool blue Gatorade, but yellow is a wild choice. That's disgusting. I grew up on yellow Gatorade. I'm sorry. It says so much about you. It makes a lot of sense. It's what fine. is that supposed to mean? You know, if you look Let at the, all the chat, will tell you yellow. No, Gatorade no, no. Is if disgusting. you look first off, if you look at the Michael Jordan commercials back then, it was yellow Gatorade sweat from you're not Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. All right. Oh, okay. Anyway, back to the Cubs. Um, I, I do, I do love genuinely the sort of disparity in the chat, and I and I mean that sincerely because. You know, this is an interesting spot, Brendan, right? Like since you and I have been talking about the Chicago Cubs together since, you know, kind of like the end of 2015, like December of 2015 or whatever it was, this is not, this is unlike any team I think that you and I have talked about, right? Like we've talked about teams that had the absolute highest expectations and delivered like the 2016 Chicago Cubs who won the World World Series. Series, Correct. Yes. Um, 2017, following a championship, 2018, the kind of letdown September there and the the wild card in game 163, 2019, a team that had big expectations and a big letdown. Last couple years, teams that had no expectations heading into a rebuild. And then now this team, I feel like is a very unique spot for us because they had, as we've said, measured expectations, but here they are like, and you know, you have people on social media talking about like where is where does this kind of September rank with 2019 and 2018 <laughs> and some the of the, the letdowns? Now again, for clarity, yeah. like there are two weeks left. Like we're not there yet, right? Like they have a chance to pay this off and not let anybody down. But it's just an it's been a very interesting season to cover as a fan that does one of these podcasts because it's kind of unlike one you and I have talked about before no, where be it's interesting to kind of handle them playing like this in September when if you had told me that we would even be talking about this in February I would have been thrilled right yeah. like they are a legitimate shot to make the playoffs 
But then now that you're in the moment and you're coming off a one in five week in Colorado and Arizona where they didn't do anything against Chris Flexen and his seven and a half ERA, that's the one that irks me the most. Davies pisses me off because it's Zach Davies, but Chris Flexen is so bad. <laughs> they just did nothing in that game. Weird place to be, Brendan. It's weird. It's unlike it's unlike any season I've like you know watched as a fan you can always draw parallels to 2018 and and 2019 and and 2004 if you want for me the reason this one's different is they're at the playoff position as we thought they could get to but they're doing it in a very weird way where i didn't quite anticipate some of the extremes and it's those extremes where I get frustrated with because they didn't couple some of those good extremes with just some like depth pieces. Like there's still 10 games left and it's not the reason why they're losing these games. It is a contributing factor, I think. But over the course of the trade deadline, I was very concerned about the pitching depth and and the bullpen depth. And we did a podcast right before the deadline and you pose a question, do you improve the offense? Do you improve the bullpen? And you can never get enough bullpen help. And that was always kind of my concern. Just given some of the fatigue potential, I didn't think it would be this bad. I didn't think Fulmer would get injured. I didn't think Alzali would get injured. Stroman not coming back. Yeah. Forcing Assad into the rotation. Listen, it's been worse than I thought, right? But, you know, sometimes when you have even an inkling of a history with some of these pitchers, you do have to put that in the back of your mind. And I thought Quas was an interesting acquisition. He is a project. He's going through a slider project right now, but I personally would have liked a little bit more stability. So as we go over the next two weeks, I'm thinking about the lineup, yes, but I'm still very concerned just how you get through a game, dude. Like, even I'm watching Jordan Wicks today, and during that first inning, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he's getting, like, three runs. Settled down, thankfully, but there was a point where I'm like, oh, my God. He's going to have to eat, like, a seven-run game right now. That's good for no one's development, man. And those are, like, where I kind of fall back on. So I'm, I'm frustrated with just some of the lack of moves the front office has done a lot of good this uh, past free agent period and a lot of good in the scouting and a lot of good on the trade market. Still, for me, it has, hasn't been quite enough, unfortunately. I yeah. know it's a weird thing to say. They've done a lot of good, but I can't I can't sit here in, in, in good conscience and be like, yeah, man, I feel good about talking about Ian Happ batting third and Christopher Merrill batting third. Like, I don't want to have these conversations anymore. I want to have conversations about who deserves a September call-up because you have five other guys who are pitching lights out. I don't want to have conversations about who is going to be your seventh, eighth, inning, ninth guy, even though you have depth injuries. For me, it always has been a matter of this team has to be in an obvious position and when i see breakings like this i'm always reminded of that you can go away from that feeling for a little bit when you win but still a team like this is going to crack at times when you say uh you know talking about guys who could be september call-ups do you mean guys they can call up to sit on the bench every day you know they look good doing it though pca great sunflower seed canario is getting such good experience just sitting there i I got you know i wish i could get that experience too Corey. Watching Talkman miss the cutoff man in center field on Saturday while PCA sits on the bench. Yeah, I mean, those, see, those are the ones. Very good. Like, Very I, good. I do get annoyed at that, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, like, 
you know that that game. If it's if it's coming down to that, it's if it's like, coming it's down to point. that, yeah, if, of course, if it's coming it is, down it to is that, a little frustrating though. Like I just, you know, I'm not sure I really understand that. Um, you know, and of course, PCA hasn't looked good at the plate, but like, well, he's not going to get any better just sitting there, right? Sure. So, and then you know, put the same argument about Nick Madrigal. The guy can't. I can bunt farther than Nick Madrigal, and he plays third base every day because of defense. So like, you know, like what are right. we doing here? You know. I, I don't know. Um, it does remind me, you know, a little bit that it, it, it's obviously not the same, but like it does remind me a little bit of kind of the feeling at the end of 2015, right? Where <laughs> does it? In the sense that you knew that that year was kind of building to something else, but in the moment of getting swept by the Mets, you're it, it's hard to feel that way right? You're, you're pissed, you're upset, you're disappointed, yeah. etc. So I just mean it reminds me of that in that same sense where it's like we kind of knew to look at this team as kind of a stepping stone to something bigger. And I think they've made a lot of progress. Like they, they have had a lot of really good development at the big league level. This experience for Jordan Wicks, who was good again on Sunday, not perfect, yeah. but good. Yeah, in another for sure. start for the Cubs, Javier Assad, all of that development has been really nice. Justin Steele following up his 2022 with a legitimate Cy Young-worthy campaign. That's a huge development. Absolutely. Matt Shaw, their draft pick, they could call Crazy. him up right now. I think he could be playing third base better than anybody else on this team, yeah. right? I think he'd feel better than Wisdom and he'd hit better than Madrigal, right? <laughs> like, d do it right now. Yeah. But that's not the point. Like, it just is sort of reminiscent of that in that you knew at the time that it was building to something else. Yeah, but as that. it's coming crashing down, it's kind of hard to have that perspective, right? You're there. 2015, they were there. They were four games away from the World Series. I didn't want to hear at the time about, no, 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 they're building to something. They're building. And they did. They won the World Series the next year. Right now, I don't really want to hear about like, oh, you know, this team came back from 10 under and they fought and they made it interesting and all this other stuff. They have two weeks left. They need to find a way to make the playoffs, Brendan. You have a couple bad teams coming into Chicago for your last homestand of the year, and then you have a brutal road trip to finish it, but with two teams who might have nothing to play for in the Braves and Brewers. However you feel about how we've gotten here and how this last week has gone, you, you got to find, just, just figure out a way to grind this out and get in. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, man. It's like, uh, you know, I get the 2015 parallel. I, I do. I think there's still... The the Part feeling of, of it, you know. What yeah, I, mean. I know, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. It's, it's the, the first off, as I said earlier, there's no parallel for this, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's. I, I'm watching these games in such a weird way. I can't even like find the words to describe it. I'm in one sense watching this team with playoff anticipation. In another sense, I'm watching this team, and in a way, it grows my angst to 2024. Even though I'm still generally optimistic uh, especially with a lot of the core guys but there's part of me that looks at a stretch of this offense with cody bellinger still producing but just slightly less like still above league average value but i start looking at this lineup and i'm like oh man like it's going to be cody bellinger and then some that has to get them above this next right. stage and then i look at you know the bullpen and a lot of the depth guys and i start looking around i'm like you know what like like damn, like I like I really hoped Alice like could finish the season. 
you know? And like, what does Merriweather look like in the next couple of weeks here? A lighter looks gas. What about the bullpen? Like, I have full confidence they can just build one together again. But then again, it's like, man, I like it's a little worrisome, a little angst induced, uh, anticipating that we have to do this again. So it's a weird way of looking at this. In 2015, you saw stability across the diamond for six plus years and Chris Bryant and Rizzo and uh, Javi Baez and Kyle Hendricks. That was his first full year. So you saw some of like this stability and some of the high power ceilings that the team had. This team doesn't quite have that right now. So it does leave me a little bit uh, unsettled. And it, it, it reminds me when I see this team lose in the way they do, that despite you and I feeling generally optimistic, this offseason is going to be a lot of work as well. Yeah, well, and I thought it was telling of the state of the bullpen, you know, the way that Ross used them on Saturday, right? Getting lighter in there, um, I think in the sixth, right? Whatever. And it then, wasn't the ninth. right, and then Merriweather pitching two, just to yeah. get them to extras, right? Like you knew that Ross basically was looking at is that like, I don't trust this team to score. I have to use my best reliever here just to make sure this game keeps going, right? And so for these last couple of weeks, like I thought Stroman looked good, stuff looked good, Velos looked, you know, kind of but right dude, in line. Isn't that, hold, isn't that crazy though? He's what? literally throwing live BP not even a week ago, and yeah. he has to go back to back days in the ninth yeah. inning. That, it's a bad, it's a bad that's spot. That's a bad spot to be in. Yeah, you are in a bad spot, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm in a bad I mean, spot. I mean, and, and you know, the, again, it's just uh, the situation that they're in. The Fulmer injury really hurts both of them, right? Both times, you know, he's gone out, that really hurts. Alzali, I believe the report was that he's going to continue throwing and like he's, you know, getting, making progress. But yeah, those uh, are hit or miss, man. You look at right? Fulmer, same injury. So Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. you know, you have a lot of these young guys that, They've tried to put in there, you know, Luke Little struggled on Sunday. Plenty is trying. All these guys are trying, yeah. but it's it's not a great spot. I do think for these last couple weeks, like obviously if Stroman is able to go a couple innings at a time and look like that, it's going to be helpful. Is it going to be enough? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because also the frustrating thing about this Arizona series is unlike the Colorado series and really the matchups that you had in Chicago against Arizona, where you did have to face Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, you didn't have to face any of those guys right this weekend. And you had your, I mean, if they were in a playoff series, I think this would be how I would line it up personally, right? Steele Hendricks, Wicks, sub Assad for Wicks. If you want, I think Ross yeah. would start Tyone cause he's David Ross. And I, of course he would. Uh, but you know, you had it lined up this weekend, and you just couldn't—you couldn't even steal one, man. Like I—I I don't know. It, this was just a, a very, a very frustrating week. The the series in Colorado was a lot more frustrating because you felt like they played really poorly. They made a lot of mistakes. That Base was kind of mistakes. Yeah, that was a self-inflicted, yeah. just you know, not not a good effort in Colorado. This one you know, felt more like Arizona showed up to play and they took it to you. Like I said, you know, these two teams have been jockeying for, for, for position for quite a while now, and you had f seven games with them and you only took one of them. So when we look back on, you know, how things have gone and however it shakes out, like you had a head-to-head -head ability to take care of one of these teams in this race, in this last month, and you you didn't do it at all. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, we're not even talking about a split or anything like that. You won one of seven games against a team that you are basically competing head-to-head with for one of these playoff spots. That will be one of the stories. If they don't get in, that will be one of the stories. If you could have scratched out one or two more of these games, this is a very different outlook as we head into these last couple weeks. All right, let's do this ad break here before I start getting more miserable as this episode keeps going on. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy and Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. And we were talking to the team at Ray and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is a price you pay when you go into the dealership. We found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership saying things like, are you a recent college grad? Are you an uh, active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in most cases, the answer will be no. And that's when the other dealers will raise the price on you saying the price online included limited rebates that you do not qualify for. Well, at Ray, this is not the case. The price you see online is a price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which makes the price lower than you see online as one of the top selling dealers in the Midwest. You'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting as low as $21,495. And now through September 30th, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing, make zero payments until 2024, plus put no money down and best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the rate price promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet at Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. Serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Another break here from our wonderful sponsor, Goose Island Beer Company. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. I need several Goose Islands right now, Corey. Uh, They have been Chicago's beer since 1988. They have a very deep beer roster. They have the Beer Hug family. My personal favorite, the 312 Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pilsner. The everyday beer is what the actual brewers are drinking. They have the Oktoberfest as we reach the fall upcoming here. Grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island's Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their taproom in Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Uh, yeah, so Jesus in the chat. We waving the white flag. No, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed about this and, and frustrated and worried, right? Because I, I you know, again, I, I think they're gassed and like this is just one of those things that's possible with this roster. But as I said, like, no, you know, there's 12 games left. Like why bother, you know, again, cub however you want, fan how you want to fan, but why bother, you know, giving up now? There's, there's two weeks left. I mean, there's Hang nothing. For a couple weeks. There's like, dude, like there's a dozen games left. Like anything can happen, but the style of baseball they've been playing is yeah. completely unacceptable. Yeah. And th- this is something that they would say, you it's know, it's a little lifeless, sloppy, lifeless. Yeah. You know, lifeless. I'll be honest, I, I, I hate when those, I hate when those words are used because I don't mean to imply that they're the, the effort or the care isn't there. Yeah. And I know you're not, I think yeah. some people do imply that these guys care a lot. Like, 
even Tyone, who's struggling massively, like you can see all the efforts he's putting in place. They care a lot, man. And sometimes they look like they're lacking effort or whatever. It's not the case. Like Nico's sprinting like a, a, a jet about to take off sliding into home plate. Like they genuinely care, and I believe that. I'll go to my grave in that. It's the style of play. It's, it's the, the, the margin of play that they, I know for a fact, would say it's unacceptable. Ross knows it's unacceptable. Some of the at-bats in high leverage is unacceptable. So whatever is necessary to clean that up, they have to do it. The base running, some of these decisions, awful. Completely awful. The Ian Happ double play, where I think it was Jan got doubled up on Saturday, that's a rare play. You, like, never see that. But though that, that can't happen. Like, yeah. it, just, it just cannot happen they got to clean up on yeah. the margins because they can't afford they can't afford any slippage their roster is not constructed to handle slippage so got to clean it up man yeah uh so i, I did I, I saw this come across the the twitter timeline from uh our friends at bleacher nation uh cubs had a four game lead on that second wild card spot and again technically because they don't own the tie break with the marlins now in 10 games they are now out of the playoffs. That's crazy, Brendan. I mean, for as yeah. crazy as it was that they were, you know, able to go from 10 under to 10 over, right? Like, that is a that is a crazy quick way to have played yourself out of this. And I, I was actually looking, uh, there's a couple of um, things in the YouTube chat that I want to get to, but... Uh, our, our our friend Cody Delmendo sent in the chat that uh, a tweet from Lance Brzezowski from Marquee that in this series against the Diamondbacks, all three starting pitchers increased their f- forcing fastball usage by almost ten to fifteen percent because the Cubs are one of the worst teams in baseball at hitting the fastball. Reading that, it was one of those things where it's like you know, Brendan, you're going head to head with a team competing for the playoff spot with you, right? They're not throwing either of their better pitchers. They're throwing a, a few guys that stink, actually, and they game planned and took it to you. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. You know, it's like you know some teams just scout very well. And to Barbara's point in the chat, why they swing at the first pitch? There's been some plate approach changes that you can look back and see. Like Dansby Swanson, for example, is making a lot more contact than he has been for the past month. Like his contact rate is almost 85% in his last 70 plate appearances. I think some of the intention is because they're heavy fastball guys, try to beat them, try to like flank them more or less. And sometimes it works, sometimes it does not work. And that may have been the strategy. Who, who knows? Um, it's unfortunate. What can I say? Yeah. It just it, it just was a stark thing, I think, to read, right? Like where, you know, you're going head-to-head. Everybody is desperate to win these games, and the Diamondbacks had a very clear plan, and they executed it, and they just did better than you. Um, it's just a little frustrating. I mean, they're, they're, maybe they're, they're a better baseball team than you, you know? Well, yeah, I, I don't That's know. I don't know if I feel that way, but they certainly played like it. I mean, when push came to shove, they certainly played like it. I don't, I don't um, see I Drew Smiley's coming from their bullpen. I, I, you know, I, <laughs> um, that's true. Um, I do, I, I it's, a, it's some interesting comments in the chat because everybody's talking about the homestand and, you know, Wrigley, and of course it'll be very loud, but somebody did point out in the YouTube chat, like they had plenty of support in both of these games. Oh, it was mostly me, Cub fans me, at all of these this. games. So I, know, like, I went, they, I went they to did those, have the support. I went to those games, you know, 
Um, I'll be very kind. Sometimes my words can be misinterpreted here, but like, you know, Cub fans, unbelievable support in Arizona. Like uh, the entire first base side, I would say 90% Cub fans standing up, like two strikes, standing up in high leverage situations. And what's unique about Cub fans that you always see when I travel to these, you know, West side games, West coast games is that the, <laughs> it's funny because like the opposing fans will get so annoyed with Cub fans doing that, but they don't like they they interpret that as like an attack on their fan base. Like the Cub fans like genuinely are trying yeah. to get these guys going, man. And it was it was very unique. You kind of have to like laugh at it and enjoy the process. Um, and you know, a lot of fan bases, a lot of friends that I have who are fans of different teams, they wish they had a similar type fan base. And the Cubs are very fortunate. Ownership's very fortunate that Cub fans are like this, that they know the context very well. They're in tuned with the games very well. I So it, it, because it's coming up in the chat, like I said, like normally, you know, we would be dissecting individual players and probably looking at some of these starts and things like that. But this just felt like, hey, let's let's do a raw off the cup, like pulse check, right, of you and me and, and everybody in the chat. Still breathing. So I, I, I do want to read, you know, one of the questions. It was from Chris, and he says, if they don't make the playoffs, do you think that they would fire David Ross? Because I see everybody's talking about David Ross. So I, I, I will just address that. I would say no. I, I don't think so. Uh, and the reason I think that is that they picked David Ross. He was their guy. You know, he was hand-selected by them to lead this team. And... You know, for whatever I think of David Ross, for whatever you think of David Ross, again, I complain about him all the time. So, like, if you ever listen to me or follow me on Twitter, you know that I complain about plenty of what David Ross does. But, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, I don't know what he's supposed to do, right? Like, he didn't put this bullpen together. You know, it's not his fault that that he didn't get given a, you know, full major league bullpen. Does that mean I, I don't think that he's made mistakes with it? Of course, that doesn't mean that. He made a mistake with Jose Quas. He is driving Jose Quas into the ground like he's an excellent reliever, and he's not, right? But I, I think for the, the for the simple fact that they played themselves into being buyers, they showed that resiliency, he was able to keep that clubhouse together and get them through that, they're going to continue to give him a shot. I, For me personally, again, whatever everybody thinks about David Ross is a discussion for the offseason, right? Like, I, I, I would not really say I'm a big fan, if I'm being particularly honest with you. But I, I it, my actual opinion, there's no chance that they fire him after this season. I, I think really no matter what happens. I would be shocked, right? You, you yeah. never say never, but I, I give it like a 99.999% chance he's back next year. Yeah, and I, one I just of don't the, see it. One of the biggest counters to that debate for those who, let's say, want to fire David Ross is a lot of the angst over the past decade has been lack of pitching development. And you and I have talked about this a lot. What we see around the league is consistent managers consistent scouts, consistent front offices. You can look not too far. Milwaukee, a correct counsel in their bullpen and their ability to eke out one-run wins. And there's this cohesion, there's this glue among the scouts and the coaches and the front office executives and the analysts and the manager himself. So you can easily imagine a scenario where 
the development that we saw this year in the form of Jordan Wicks, in the form of Javier Assad, and Atber Azlai, and uh, Julian Merriweather, and, and Mark Leiter, there's potential that a more traditional type manager would not have been privy to giving those guys opportunities as soon as Ross did. So where I fall back on is I think Ross has done a pretty commendable job in giving guys opportunities in the pitching development. And you can see the proof in that, uh, the lineup decisions you can criticize and, you know, we can complain about that a, a lot, but realistically, Corey, like, yeah, they may cost you a win perhaps, but it's really difficult to make that a, a, a hard argument. It just really well, and, is. And I, and I know I, our friend of the chat, Niran, is going to type this comment in 30 seconds. <laughs> if you think that Ross makes the lineups and the front office has no say in it or isn't able to offer an opinion if they really don't like it, you're incorrect. Like, yeah. I promise you, if Jed Hoyer really hated Ian Happ batting third, we would not have gotten until September with him batting third. I promise. Yeah, it's, in it's just like, not how it's not how this works. I promise you. Yeah, and you know we don't we don't know any of those details either. So we're like right. I fall back on it's like I've been worried about the bullpen. The bullpen has done very well under David Ross. Did better than under Joe Madden. Different coaching staffs, but there has been cohesion for the first time. Joe Madden's staff slacked a pitching coach for years, man. We finally have it. I don't think they want to mess with that. And I think they can deal with some of the growing pains and some of the perhaps bad decisions Ross makes because those don't overwhelm some of the good they're seeing on the pitching side. Right. And then there's, again, we're, we're getting deeper in the weeds on actually discussing Ross. My point was like, I just, my honest opinion is I just don't think there's any way he's not the manager of this team, whether I like him or not. But if we were evaluating it, like there's a lot of things where it's like, well, who's to blame, right? Did I think David Ross played Trey Mancini too much? Sure. Did he sign him? No. Tucker, Tucker David Barton. Ross didn't give Trey Mancini, what was it, $10 million, right? Yeah, 14, so like, you know, million. Jed's the one that makes the decisions. He'll ultimately punish somebody else if he feels like it. But like, come and aren't on. those weird decisions though? Like it's, this is where sometimes, you know. Uh, well, now we're at the point of the year, Brendan, where it's very easy to look back and say, well, they really should have won that game in Houston that they let the Astros score, you know, six unanswered runs yeah. in the eighth and ninth, right? I really wish they wouldn't have played Trey Mancini all the way into July, yeah. was it? Right? Yeah. Dis well, I mean, like, I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud. You can look back on plenty right now and think, hey, like, <laughs> you know, there is a lot that I wish I could change about this season. And a lot of it, most of us were screaming about before they ever took the field. So it's not really and the, hindsight. And that's like the weird thing, too, because I've been pretty happy. I've been really happy with how the past few drafts have went, even promoting Jordan Wicks to a point where we're relying on him to make this playoff chase in 2023 when he was drafted two seasons ago. And you see Kate Horn from the 2022 draft coming through the system, the PCA trade, even Canario's up from the KB trade. And you're seeing even the James Chiantos move up and Kevin Alcantara move up and Moises Ballesteros. Like you're seeing like legitimate growth in, in the, the farm system. And you're seeing a lot of the scouting and identifying Julian Merriweather and Mark Leiter and that coming to fruition as well. So it's weird for me because I like a lot of what the front office has done, which makes me scratch my head how you can miss on Tucker Barnhart, Trey Mancini, and a lot of these moves that 
on paper, if you just look at war alone, have cost you like three wins. And like that actually might yeah. be the difference in making the playoffs this year. Sure. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of questions in the chat about Canario. I have no idea. I really don't know. Um, there may be more than they're, you know, leading on um, with all the injuries he had. Like perhaps they were kind of just slowing him up a little bit and really did want to get him a, a big league paycheck and get him to work with Dustin Kelly and all of that. Why they don't try it? Again, not even thinking that some of these guys will uh, be productive or anything, right? Like we've seen in it, again, it's like uh, so few opportunities, but like, you know, PCA needs to adjust at the plate. Obviously, he, he, it's a tough task to come in and in the middle of a playoff race and hop into a major league lineup for the first time, right? Uh, but some of these guys could use a day off. It would be worth getting Canario in there just to give some of these guys a breather for a minute because it looks like they yeah. need it. I don't have the answer. I really don't know. It'll be one of those things where you'll probably hear it from Jed and Ross at some point, and it'll be up to you whether you think they're lying through their teeth about you know whatever the logic was. I don't know. Same thing, though. Like If Jed really wanted him in there and they view him as a big-time prospect and really wanted to see him in there and Ross isn't playing him, I don't think that's possible. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Also, I'm going to say this once. Uh, it was a long time ago. And there's a reason that I'm no longer in the industry, uh, but I did work for the New York Yankees in their front office for Brian Cashman wow. and Billy Epler when okay. Joe Girardi was the manager. I say this with the utmost sincerity. You will not like Joe Girardi if they make him the manager. I saw a couple <laughs> comments of that in the chat. I promise you, you think you complain about David Ross and you don't like David Ross. I promise you will not like Joe Girardi. Hard no on that. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely not. And he interviewed for the position, and David Ross beat him out. So, you know, it's not right. not going to happen. You think the so, bullpen's going to progress under that? Absolutely no. Yeah, so here's where we're at, Brendan, as we get toward uh, the hour mark here. Uh, going to start wrapping up soon. Um, I, You have an off day on Monday, and then your final homestand of the year. You have three 640 starts against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then three 120 starts against the Colorado Rockies. Six games, your last homestand. After that, you are off on Monday, the 25th of September. You go to Atlanta for three, and then you finish the season in Milwaukee. Atlanta has already clinched another NL East title. So what they're playing for, you know, they're going to be trying to line up their pitchers to make sure that they are pitching on the days they want and have the appropriate rest and all of that. Maybe some of those guys take a breather. Um, maybe not, right? You know, Matt Olson is going to be chasing, uh, you know, I, I think he's at 52 or something home runs. So he's yeah. going to probably be out there trying to hit bombs. Maybe they're resting guys. I don't know. The Brewers likely at this point will have the central wrapped up. So same thing. They're going to have their pitchers, you know, they're going to want Woodruff, Burns, et cetera. So what that looks like, we'll see when we get there. But you've got one homestand. You have a day off. Obviously, you got to fly back to Chicago tonight. They're probably on the plane right now. What? <laughs> Everybody's all over the place, right, Brendan? But if they're going to make this work, if they're going to pull this off, right? So as it stands, Arizona jumped them, right? Tied with Miami, but you do not own the tiebreaker with Miami. How do they make this work? What do we need to see from this team 
to have a, let's start with a successful homestand. That road trip is going to be tough, whether they're resting guys or not. But you've got two teams that are out of it in Pittsburgh and Colorado coming to Wrigley Field, your last homestand of the year after an off day. What do we need to see for this team to turn it around and play better and at least do their part in this wild card race to take care of their own business? 60 runs this week. 60 runs. Offensive showcase, 10 runs in one game if you must, 15 runs in one game if you must. Score runs, protect the bullpen, give Ross more flexibility in giving guys days off. Don't let Marcus Stroman go back-to-back days. Give Ross more of an ability to protect the bullpen. That way, you flip the week, you go into that last week against those two playoff teams, and you can you can get into the playoffs. You can squeak into the playoffs. So you can hope for good bullpen performances, but ultimately where I stand is let's just like give those guys a breather. Let's put up runs for the first time, which feels like an eternity. And is getting to that final week in a good position roster-wise where Ross can kind of push it a little more than even what he's done recently, which has been a lot, to get into the last playoff spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, first of all, I do want to uh, – Martin Helton in the chat, he <laughs> yeah, says Eddie Vetter for manager. Corey yes, sir. Sure You're that. speaking my language there. Eddie for manager. Let Eddie do whatever <laughs> he wants. Um He'd bring Theo back because they're buddies. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. He'd be the best coach. I I think you've just got to play a cleaner brand of baseball. That's the simplest thing. Like, that was obviously a rough trip. Um, As you said, you know, obviously it's going to be important for this starting staff to go a little deeper in games. Um, This bullpen just does not have a lot of bullets left. And the bullets that they do are not many high leverage ones. You're going to need to protect Julian Merriweather. Um, I think in that last outing, Leiter looked better, but I think the data on the splitter, you know, still kind of reflective that he's been used a lot and, you know, maybe doesn't have that much in him yet left. Um, So hopefully they can use the off day. Starters need to go deep. And I think, you know, we need to see better situational hitting, I think at a minimum from this team. I was pretty disappointed this last week. There's a lot to be mad about and complain about whatever, but the lack of situational hitting from this team, the strikeouts with runners on third, the not executing those simple things, it really hurts you over the course of some of these games. I know there was that one, I think the 7-3 to three loss in Colorado, one of those games where they left three guys on third with less than two outs. And that doesn't make it a tie game, but you know, a one-run game heading into the latter innings is a lot different than a four-run game, right? So simpler, no outs on the bases, no missing the cutoff man, no dropping fly balls, clean it up, right? You've got a couple weeks left. I know this team is tired. I know maybe they've surpassed a lot of people's expectations, uh, but just play a cleaner brand of baseball. Do not beat yourselves. If the Pirates and Rockies can come in here and beat you and play spoiler, if Chris Bryant wants to play spoiler like he did in Colorado, if some of these guys on Pittsburgh want to play spoiler, so be it. We'll talk about it I, and we'll I deal with it. That. But do not beat yourselves anymore. Put your bullpen in a position to succeed. Take advantage of some of these bad pitchers, right? And do your job situationally. Little, simple things. And I think that'll get them pretty far. 
but it's going to be loud. It's going to be a weird environment at Wrigley Field. I mean, I already know it, right? It's going to be one of those crowds where like everybody's waiting for that moment to cheer, but like also like in the back of their head, like, oh, you know, like, I don't know. So I don't know. Uh, Before we sign off though, I I do want to uh, throw out uh, the mention as we always do uh, to sign up to be a diehard. If you visit allchgo.com, you can sign up to become a member you get that uh, membership card. You get a free shirt when you sign up. Access to the members-only Discord discounts on all of the events that we're doing. I know they have some Blackhawks takeovers scheduled. And, of course, the tailgates. I know I believe the next tailgate is on the 1st when the Bears play the Broncos, who are friends from DNVR, visiting. Uh, the tailgates are a great time. Drinks, food, vibes. I know Stucky was handing out. Goose Islands at the last tailgate. I mean, you can't beat a vibe like that before a Bears game. I know the Bears have been frustrating, but they're great events. They're great tailgates. They're uh, a great way to meet a lot of the CHGO family. So do visit allchgo.com and look into becoming a diehard member today. Um, and also a shout out to our Bears team. Uh, it's it's they're, they're really good at what they do. Uh, that group of um, Bears reporters and, and analysts. Um, it's obviously a tough start to the season, uh, but uh, I, I, I do really enjoy the work that they do and, and admire them uh, pushing through this, right? As, as this is not the start to the Bears season that they were looking for. So um, yes, Barb, no charts tonight. Uh, it was just, just feel tonight. So mm. I, I think that's it, man. Um, last home stand of the year. You're, you're not playing teams that are in this race, and you've got tough teams on that last road trip. You got to take care of business. I know they're running on fumes. I, I, I get it. I know where they are. I kind of understand what's happening, right? And as you said, it's not all that unpredictable, but just at the very least, like I said, do your job at home and play your part in this wild card race. You didn't take care of business against Arizona and you've allowed them to jump you, but at the very least you can go home to beautiful historic Wrigley Field, play good, clean baseball and see where what position that puts you in for this last week against the Braves and Brewers. Just, uh, whatever, man. Just don't play like you did the last like week and a half. That was just ugly, 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 ugly. Dice can't I I can't do it. I'm exhausted, Corey. It's like 10:30 at night over in Chicago. I cannot keep doing this. The season is killing me. Please just make it stop one way or another. It's all I'm asking for. (laughs) Good God, man. I can't keep doing this. I really can't. You and I have been doing this for so many years, man. This this, like there's there's episodes where it's like, oh man, like how did I feel in 2018 when we were doing this? Like, like I just I'm like I'm tired of doing these episodes. This team is like really killing me. Yeah, it's this has been a frustrating week. I think that's the thing, like, you know, especially because there's two weeks left and they're they're still in it. You know, trying to like look at it through a realistic lens and and keep perspective, all things considered. Uh but this was a very frustrating week of being a Cubs fan and especially for how fun a lot of this season has been. Just uh man, just an absolute gut punch this last week was. But like I said, you've got two weeks left, you've got four series left on the calendar, Pirates, Rockies, Braves, Brewers. They're tied for a playoff spot right now. They can't be tied when the season ends because they don't own the tiebreaker with the Marlins or the Diamondbacks, but they're right in it. So let's we're, we're going to put our heads down. Like I said, I will be there 
at Wrigley Field on Tuesday and for the rest of this week, uh, trying to will this team to victory. So, you seem more optimistic than me. That's where I'm coming away with. Like, like I don't like maybe because I, I, I don't saw know. There's, them there's die a couple of weeks me, left, like, man. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I saw them literally play the worst baseball I've ever seen in my entire life, like like hours ago. Well, listen, when like, you I'm told me you were going to place. these games at Chase Field, terrible I said, well, that's a mistake. Place. So, I, you know. I, I'm trying my best, trying my best to make this team win, Corey. Okay? Yeah. I, I failed. I failed everyone. I failed you. I failed, I failed me. I failed everyone. I'm sorry. I will not. Tried. I've got it. All right, oh I'm going to go I to beautiful so. historic Wrigley Field. I'm going to channel the energy of Pat Hughes and everybody else in the building. We're going to get it done. All right, I We're did gonna... see Pat Hughes though. You know, I waved to him, Always but good. he didn't see me. But I did wave to him. I waved to Nico oh. and Dansby too. So I actually told Always Nico good. to go score on that third uh, third base pass ball there. So I actually had scored that run. I don't want to read into Dansby having like the worst game of his Chicago Cubs career on Saturday with you in attendance, but I'll let the chat do that. Are you, you gonna? bring up Nico's performances because I was sure, you know, sure. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I it all balances all out. I'm saying is John Lester always pitched really well when I was there so you know just throwing oh, that, that out there Anyway, that's what we got for you one thing that I do know is that the CHGO Cubs crew me Brendan Ryan Cody Luke Jared Kevin our wonderful producer tonight Joey Sarah will be here like, we are going to be here to talk about this team, to cover this team, whether that is just for these next couple of weeks and then into the offseason or whether we have playoff games to get ready for. The CHGO Cubs crew has you covered pregame, postgame, live shows, articles from Ryan and Jared at allchgo.com. Stick with us. We're in this together, right? If you were watching this, over 150 plus, you know, watching all night, please hit that thumbs up and like button. It helps us. But if you're here... It's because you love this team just like we do, and we will all be in this together. One way or the other, we'll be here to talk about it together, to vent, to express, to celebrate, whatever it is. We'll be here together. We appreciate your support of CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Brendan and I will be back with you next Sunday Ugh. begging. I'm begging you. I don't love this after, team right now. I don't after love this a good right homestand. That's it. Yeah, you do. You're no, sick in the head. I don't love them. All right, go grab yourself a yellow Gatorade at Circle K, and everyone we'll agreed talk to you next time. Everyone Sunday. in the chat okay. agreed with me, by the way. You were <laughs> wrong about that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Brendan and I will talk to you next Sunday after what I am begging desperately and hoping is a good homestand for the this final one for the Chicago Cubs. Thank you guys for tuning in on this Sunday night. We will talk to you again soon. And as always, I mean it. Go Cubs. Uh.